0: Hello there, this is Fernanda, and this is Hanging On Sunset. Again, thank you so much. To everyone that came to our event last week, one year of Hanging on Sunset. And this is just the beginning. Stay tuned for our next events. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Hanging on Sunset to know all the details. Can't say much yet, but it's going to be awesome. Last week, we had the best time. I love our rock community so fucking much. The vibe was amazing. But now let's talk about today's guest. We had the pleasure of having the beautiful and extremely talented Alexa Dark on our studio. I love having all these badass female artists on the show. Alexa lives now between New York and LA, but she spends a lot of time in Europe as she grew up between New York, Spain and London. Vincent and I love the darkness and deep feelings in your music. We are so excited to have you here. And now we can't wait for everybody to listen.
1: Dark on the show today.
2: Hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys?
3: Good. It's a great sunny day, and it's uh, the end of October here when we're recording, so feels great, right?
2: Beautiful. It's nice Beautiful. to have you in LA. Yes. Thanks for having me.
3: We're very, very happy. We love your music, and we're very happy to talk to you to get to know you more.
2: Well, thank you, guys. But first.
1: First, we're gonna start our show, Alexa. What did you do to save rock and roll?
2: Oh, what did I do to save rock and roll? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm hurting it probably more than saving it, but I don't know I, <laughs> I was just fascinated by rock and roll for so long since I was young and got really into it and was like, I'm going to be a rock star, I'm going to play electric guitar." And yeah, so I think just getting into it, and yeah, for me, it's always been something more of a like ethos than an actual sound or you attitude. Know. Yeah, an attitude, a, a way you approach life more than just music. So, I hope to have a little bit of that
3: maybe. So, it's gl- a global approach <laughs> even in your personal daily life. You think you're a rock and roll?
2: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not every day, but <laughs> some days more than others. <laughs> and digging a little deeper.
1: Did you how did how did rock and roll got into you like through your parents? Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, I was raised mostly in London and I feel like there's just such a punk rock and rock and roll kind of ethos there. And I just got really into going to see live bands and I got really into kind of older rock stars like, you know, Mick Jagger and Jimi Mm -hmm. Hendrix. And I was like, I'm obsessed with these guys. I want to dress like that and be like that. So, um, yeah, I kind of got into it on my own and was luckily in the environment that kind of fostered that.
3: So on this podcast, we like to take things way back, all right? Yeah. Retrace your whole journey, and uh, you have like a multicultural background, and uh, that's very interesting because I think those things will inform your music. Mm -hmm. And you said you grew up in London, but I also read that you have uh, Spanish uh, blood running through your (laughs) veins, and you you were based you're mostly based in New York and LA now so can you tell us about maybe your upbringing your parents and how where did you where were you born first
4: yeah
2: well i'm i'm kind of a mutt i think um, i was born in new york my family's spanish and from a lot of places and i ended up growing up mostly in london and barcelona and in munich germany randomly
3: how came that you were uh, you know going to all of these places did your parents work uh, in yeah. a field that they made them travel?
2: Yeah, my parents were traveling for work and my mom's Spanish so she really wanted to go home, I think. <laughs> and I think it just all worked out really well. I love Europe and I love kind of growing up around there and there was just so many different influences of music and so much that you can be exposed to from such a young age that I don't think I would be you know, doing what I do or singing what I sing if it wasn't for that.
3: Was it easy to be uh, transported from a country to another when you were a kid?
2: I think it was so young, I mean I moved from New York when I was seven, uh-huh. that it, it was just always just a part of life, I didn't really think about it too much, but um, I think I never really felt like I was from anywhere. So when people are like, oh you're American, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: That's great. What's your first musical memory, first big emo- emotion that oh. you can trace back?
2: Well, this is probably really lame, but I had this little piano when I was a toddler that had different songs on it, and there was one song that was really sad, and I would always play it and cry. And my mom was like, "You've got to get rid of this toy, like stop. <laughs> making yourself sad." And I was like, oh, "No, no, so no. Cool. I, I want to keep playing and I want to keep feeling it." And um, we I'm sure, that- <laughs> yeah,
4: I was about to <laughs> say that. We were
1: driving here, and then I was telling him. I don't know. We were talking about like music in general. Like I feel like we all have this dark side. Cause mm-hmm. I told him like I love listening to sad music, mm-hmm. and it makes me cry and feel like extra whatever. But it I'm feels feeling. good. But it feels good. Like it's like I love torturing myself. <laughs> I don't know why.
3: I think it's because the uh, you realize that somewhere in the world, somebody else is channeling the same emotion and creating mm. art from this. And that's what makes you feel good, I guess, because you're resonating and, and you're not just alone with your pain and your pain is kind of it's a way to release transformed the pain. into beauty. And yeah, art, I, guess. I guess.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I can't even imagine life and going through things without having music as, you know, cliche as it sounds, because you're really able to find your pain and other people's pain. And it's so personal, but you can kind of be like, wow, they feel exactly what I felt. And mm-hmm. I can't believe that you know someone else out there feels what I feel um but yeah mad respect for anybody who writes uh happy songs because I can't (laughs) I'm just like sad (laughs) let's just keep going down right
3: what was the song or what was it like
2: Oh, I can't I you know as I was on that story I was like I wish I could remember the song it was it was a really sad old classical song um
3: Chopin kind of yeah totally And and it
2: just was like the 15 second clip or whatever it was on that little machine piano but God, it hits me. If I heard it now, I'd be like, a mess.
3: <laughs> and uh, when did you start like creating your own music or writing mm-hmm. maybe poetry or I don't know, song first songs, how did that happen?
2: I always feel like I was writing or creating something or other. Um, I started on the piano and like kind of, I would go off what was I was supposed to play and kind of those traditional, you know, um, songs that you learn when you're a kid and start writing stuff that wasn't you know, wasn't on the page. And then from then I, I really got into guitar and started writing on the guitar and kind how of old were you there then? Well, I started learning piano at like seven, eight mm. and then guitar I picked up at around thirteen and uh, and that was really my love. Mm. I I was just so You
1: you already didn't see you doing anything else at that age?
2: yeah you know I mean I always loved writing so for me writing was always something but it never really fulfilled a hundred percent of how I felt and then being able to combine it with music was just magical for me I was like oh wow this is just unlocked a whole new door of being able to feel you know what I'm feeling
3: yeah I love writing too it's I, I love writing poetry mm-hmm. and stuff and it's different to me than music I think with music you need less in the words to, yeah because when you add the melody suddenly you're going to another universe and with the texture of the guitars and all the music brings something else and when you're writing only writing you need to really work in the language to make it sound like music kind of play with rhythm and it's it's another work for me so when I write lyrics I never write poetry it's always it's a different approach how is it for you because I I think you're a writer too
4: Mm hmm
2: yeah you know I feel like it it's Really depends on the song and on the emotion behind it. I feel like sometimes it, it's something that just pours out of you in a similar way that maybe poetry does. And sometimes it's really about creating like a musical journey and then a, you know, a lyrical journey. And sometimes those are the same things. So um, I think for me it really depends. I I don't approach it the same way I do writing. Of, you know, I'm writing this line and then that line. It it really is in conjunction with the chords and the notes and the sound. Um, yeah, because it, it, it you know it's together, a full journey.
3: And it comes together when you write, you're writing the words and the melodies at the same time?
2: Sometimes, yeah, I mean sometimes I, I get an idea for a melody and then write the words on top of that or sometimes if it's a co-writing process it's, it's a little different where I get the melody and then I'm really inspired for the words but I do feel like the two, even if they're not done at the same time should be close, you know, or should mm-hmm. be related at least in what I do.
3: So how did they sound, your first songs?
2: probably (laughs) very angry and uh bad (laughs) I'm assuming um but yeah I I feel like I just you know immediately started writing yeah just how I was feeling probably really raw honestly um because it you know I had been writing non-songs at that point poetry and prose and probably just wanted to get it all out there but Definitely different to how I write now, I think. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> Maybe it's better. <laughs> Who
3: was your first influence, like, musically?
2: Oh, um, I think I was just always really... I was always a vintage girl at heart, so I loved the old rock and roll bands. Um, I got really into, like, French 60s um, music, and I, I found it really cool. I was learning French at the time, but even when I didn't understand things, I just thought there was a whole different kind of journey, or, um,
3: François Hardy, Jeanne Yeah, exactly,
2: fond. exactly No, I, I, I remember getting that first um, I would always go shop for vinyls For records And finding one of those in like a three pound bin in London And being like, wow, this is crazy This is completely different than what I'm hearing on the radio And yeah, really inspirational for me
3: Oh, that's funny And I think you still carry that heritage in your music now Thank you I really hear it <laughs> Because it's a blend. We were talking about it mm-hmm. yesterday when listening to your music, uh, and there, yes, there's definitely a uh, n- non-trendy <laughs> <laughs> kind of music. It's really uh, uh, re- re- referencing to vintage uh, sounds and texture and. The, and it's blending blues, blues and that's alternative that's and, yeah. it, and it's uh... and we love it
2: yeah <laughs> no, thank you yeah blues is such a big inspiration for me i mean that's when i was learning guitar when i was first getting into music I i really loved looking at who inspired the people that were inspiring me and going back and finding blues kind of at the root of many rock and roll stars and many bands that that to me was just crazy cool and incorporating that in my music and my vocal stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah for sure
3: So you're about like 13, 14, you're writing your first songs and uh, do you find friends you can share this or do you start your own band how does it work for you?
2: Yeah I was so lucky at the time to be in London and it was just like the doors were so open to live performances so I really got into performing live really early so I wrote some songs I Learned how to play guitar to a certain extent, and was like, "Well, the natural thing to do now is, you know, to go on stage." So, I performed at a lot of different bars by myself. So
1: you were at that age performing bars in London?
2: Yeah, I, I was. 13-14? So <laughs> cool. like <laughs> yeah, fourteen, fifteen at uh-huh. that point. Yeah, it That's was
1: amazing.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I don't think you could get away with that, maybe, wow. you know, in the U.S. But that was really great. I mean, just to see people's reaction to perform to three people, and you know. It was I guess it's crazy. the best
3: school, right? Yeah. Former. just go on stage and if you get a chance to do it early in your life, it's mm-hmm. even better. I, um, I went to a Phoebe Bridgers' show last oh, week at she's The great. Greek. She's amazing. I've been following her for a, a few years now mm-hmm. because I, I like what she does. And uh, I read about her performances around town here in L.A she was like maybe 10 when she started attending open wow. mics at the troubadour and the That's boot and crazy. she's been in the scene all of her all her life and she's been mm-hmm. on on stage since that uh early age so she's not a newcomer at all when it comes to perform mm-hmm. and her performance at the Great last week was pretty amazing she has an ama- amazing band with her mm-hmm. and she really controls the the way she performs like uh a perf- vocal performance but we also her interaction with the audience even though she's very shy and doesn't really mm-hmm. uh, you know say much but sometimes you don't have to say much to control an audience yeah so, do you feel that. comfortable when you're on stage how's your giving that you've been doing that for a while now
2: You know, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be doing it for a while. I feel like the comfort level has not increased, (laughs) especially in between. I I always struggled with, okay, you know, after I did a lot of stuff solo, I joined different bands or had different people kind of playing for me at different points um, at a young age. And I feel like I, I, you know, tried on a few different hats of the kind of performer I was going to be, Um, tried to be a little more what I conceived of rock and roll, of, you know, out there and more punky. But I think ultimately, it you know, what is me is a little more laid back and a little more, um, yeah, not, you know, talking to the audience the whole time and mm-hmm. all that stuff. The, the banter really killed me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, don't talk to me. Let me just play my song. But, but I think, it you know, you kind of come into being the performer that you are and finding yourself in that and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, I can just, you know, be more authentic and be myself and you know maybe just let the music
1: connect you to the audience
2: exactly yeah and I think performing you know I don't know what Phoebe would say but performing at such a young age and having that kind of come with you as you record and as you get into the studio and kind of confront different different Um, musical battles I feel like you come into being who you are as a person as well as coming to be who you are as an artist Mm -hmm. kind of at the same time so you're figuring out your person and persona and that kind of all you know blooms
3: yeah, I guess we can agree, Fernanda, that uh, when we listen to your music or watch your videos, even though there are a few of them, not mm-hmm. many,
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> we can tell everything we see comes from you and it's authentic, mm-hmm. it's not like a, a stunt persona, marketing strategy, totally. or it's just you and it, it shows and well, that's thank you. Uh, that's what we like on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's very unique I feel like
1: we talk about that all the time, but like people don't like a lot of artists they don't not I mean I'm talking in general like not everyone's like that they don't make music for themselves right now they Mm -hmm. they want to they want to like play the same thing that's on the radio like Mm -hmm. they want to sell it they they they're like so insecure about if people are gonna like their music Mm -hmm. and but
3: it's hard there's so much competition but I know but
1: that's why that's what I tell people all the time do you think Kurt Cobain when he was writing his songs he'd give like a damn if people were mm-hmm. going to like this music or not no that's why nirvana well, was actually, massive.
3: when you read his journal he's mm-hmm. he's addressing that question he's like should we be rem or should we be should we be the melvins Like should we be like a pop rock kind of commercial but that's band? what i'm
1: saying like that's what's missing like it, you have to be authentic like you have to first of all you have to like like you mm-hmm. had to write for yourself like fuck what people are gonna think mm-hmm. about it
3: yes but it's uh as an artist i can relate to that kind of yeah i'm not an artist mm-hmm. i'm talking about that's my personal no, no, but opinion obviously i mean obviously i think you got a real good point you need to be authentic but also artists are so in- insecure that you can't help but asking yourself sometimes should I be really doing that? No, totally. That, that's the
1: whole point. I get it. Like, um, I feel like I'm not an artist, but I'm cre- on the creative side. So mm-hmm. I'm I am mm-hmm. a very insecure person as well, and <laughs> reflects in different ways, of of course. But I feel like the point is. Um, People have to. They have to stop copying other people. Yeah. Cause I feel like when you listen to one thing and it sounds exactly the same, that's why people like it.
3: And it's always too late when you yeah. start copying someone yeah. who's yeah. successful. Exactly. <laughs> and
1: then I just feel like it's missing some more authenticity mm-hmm. and risks, and you know, just where like put your heart out. Is
3: there's no easy way out. It's gonna be hard anyway. No. So yeah. Make sure you enjoy Don't the... Don't think r-
1: about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think that's it too. I mean, it's funny you bring up Kirk Cobain. I read those journals and I'm obsessed with Kirk Cobain. But I feel like he... You see it in there kind of what artists feel all the time of like, wait, I'm writing this from a place of, you know, super vulnerable, emotional, whatever. But then what is this in the scheme of the world? And it's so hard now And like... I mean, I can't imagine what those journals would have been like with social media of like <sighs> yeah. okay, I'm writing this song and then my you know, my phone's dinging, and somebody is posting something of you know, in the lane that I wanna be in. So it's really hard to kind of I think it's that It's overall yeah, today, yeah. Like you think it's a struggle to be authentic, but then ultimately I don't think it is if you really follow your instinct and really go with your heart in it, you know. I feel like it's just a struggle in the you know when the songs are done and you're looking at the you know the full picture but but i think authenticity is such an Mm -hmm. important part of being an artist and finding your own voice in that then then you're kind of you know bulletproof to an extent of like you're not copying or you're not trying to be someone else and you can kind of have more of an idea of who you are as an artist and i
3: guess when kurt cobain was asking should i be the melvin's or rem the two references were great anyway they're (laughs) two great bands so I guess Nirvana was kind of the mixture of those influences. Anyway, it was what Kurt Cobain was in the end, you know, like the punk attitude, but also the catchy melodies. And when they recorded Nevermind, Bojvik brought that to life with a yeah. very clean production, but with respecting the uh, raw aspect of their music. And that's why they were so successful in the end.
2: And I think even when you when you're someone like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana with such a distinct voice and sound and spirit, I feel like you when you take all those inspirations in and even if you like were to copy it exactly, it doesn't sound mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that. It came out Nirvana, you know, It didn't come mm-hmm. out like a mix of exactly. even though they were totally exactly. taking that in, they were totally absorbing what was around them and their inspirations. But, uh, you know, it's just that's a great, a great kind of example. I feel yeah, like. yeah, yeah,
3: you're right and that happened to me sometimes like oh I'd like to write a song like Mm -hmm. this or this person and you start doing the song and in the end doesn't sound like it at all yeah (laughs) so you're always you know that uh, channel that is yourself that will transform it anyway Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it and that's why there is uh, so much beauty in singularity and another thing uh, that, w- that didn't exist before is that we didn't realize there were so many bands yeah. <laughs> out there. But now with Spotify and social networks, you can see that there's an ocean of people trying mm. to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Fernanda always talk about this, no, don't say we're going to make it or you're going to make it, because as as long as you're doing something, you're making it. That's a, mm, Sorry, that's I, a I, I took your... You're uh, totally fine. <laughs> 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 that's, your, that's your quote.
1: <laughs> And I also heard Alexa that you like Jack White. Yeah. It's yeah. one of your main inspirations as well. Mm-hmm. I love Jack White as well. <laughs> and I have uh, a quote from him here because it's very interesting. And, and I just feel like it'll, it's cool if we discuss that. So in one of his interviews, I feel like it was a couple years ago, like not long, like two or three years ago, he says... Rock and roll needs an injection of some new young blood to really just knock everybody dead right now. That's what Jack White says. What do you think of that?
2: I was scared when you said a quote from Jack White. I was like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know what he said, but <laughs> but he's he's nuts. But he's also a great a great um, musician. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I think that I think nostalgia is such a great beautiful force but i feel like you know there's so many ways again if you take rock Mm -hmm. and roll or the concept of rock as more of an attitude or more of an ethos it's it's less of okay we got to put this guitar through this amp and this sound to make it sound rock and roll you know it's it's more how you the approach you take to music and i feel like that can be done through so many modern ways that i'm sure jack white is very acquainted with and in a, in a new way, with new blood and people who have grown up in a different generation with different kinds of inspirations. So, yeah, I feel like it's as much as I love the oldies, and I'm a vintage person at heart. It, there's also so many ways to make it modern on the production side, mm-hmm. on the yeah. you know instrumentation side, on the writing. You know, there's just so many. As much as it's overwhelming how many things exist yeah. right now, I feel like it's also really inspiring to be able to see so many people. Definitely. And actually when I listened to that interview at that
1: time, he was, Jack White was himself, he was going to bars in New York and listen to artists he would just like pick like a random bar and walk in and because he wanted to see like through his eyes like what's happening yeah. Yeah, and he, he was, has like,
3: a, a record label so he, makes he does he's scouting mm-hmm. but i thought but i thought it was
1: cool because no one like he was the first person that i heard saying that and also if we go back to the white stripes mm-hmm. i was like a kid when they came up and i thought it was incredible but like if, if you think about a band that brought, and they were just two on stage, like that brought something new through the table they while w- doing
3: something very nostalgic, which is very good, really, exactly. The force.
1: But I feel like he, they, his band, like the Wise Tribes, it was one of the last bands that actually brought something new, if you think about like the past two decades.
3: And they were so creative with their videos, with yeah, work, it was, working ve- with exactly. Michel yeah. was very unique.
2: The whole thing was very unique. And that's something I love in artistry is being able to kind of have a 360 vision of mm-hmm. what does this work sound like? What does it feel like, you know, look like? And that's really where I come in as an artist. I, what I love is creating the visuals, creating the look. It's it's experience. and And more than ever, it's about that experience because... You know, we have so many ways of ingesting new material: of social media, of YouTube, of you know all the different ways to kind of get a video and get the artwork around. So, um, yeah, I think that's really cool the way they. I mean, I can see the white stripes in my head. I can see their artwork. I can hear it. You know, it's very. They put a stamp on kind of rock and roll at the time.
3: And you do too, and it's impressive. Only two songs out, but two with two music videos that are amazing.
2: Thank you. So
3: we can tell that you're not in a rush to put out your music (laughs) out. That you carefully craft everything around, like you said, an experience Mm -hmm. 360 experience. And uh, uh, can you tell us um, about these music videos? How did it work? Because I think you you work with two different directors. Yeah. Although you can really link those two videos. I thought it was the same person at first.
2: Totally. Well, I'm glad you felt that way. I feel like the, you know, we have we have so many songs that we've recorded, so many songs I've written, so many songs we've recorded, but I think it's really about, you know, at the end telling a story. And for me, storytelling has always been kind of like the middle of everything going on, all the different types of instruments we use, production, the way I write, the songs, it's all about kind of the story in the middle. And For me, I'm the kind of listener that I love following a story and following a kind of arc, even if it isn't, you know, chapter one, chapter two, Mm -hmm. you know. So for this, definitely, I mean, the first video, you know, the first song that that I released Fade to Black and Blue, that was really, had a really kind of cinematic That was filmed in New York, right? Yes, that was filmed in, it was a theater and just outside of New York and New Jersey. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It was really like a beautiful thing. Yeah, it it was gorgeous and the director who did it is amazing and the whole crew was just so had such the same vision for it to have this really simple yet haunting kind of story to it and Where did you find that beautiful gold gown? I found it, you know, I it was I stumbled upon it. I was actually going for another dress and we kind of had people pulling different things and then I was like, "Wait, this is this is the gown. This gold big thing." So, I was really lucky to find that and uh in New York. Yeah. It was it was crazy. But um I'm sad I had to return it and don't oh, have it that's <laughs> always sad. I would love to like walk around the house with that. <laughs> After 2 days of walking around the theater with that, I'm like, I could dress like this, you know, <laughs> for the rest of my life. You could <laughs> walking like, to go get double. my coffee
1: in the morning or whatever. <laughs>
2: you definitely get people's attention. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not sure in what way, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was beautiful to film and kind of to bring that I think the the song has such a story arc in the lyrics, but it's kind of we didn't want to do that. We kind of wanted to do the antithesis of that in the video of having this really kind of open space and haunting imagery that you could read into as much as you want Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, read externally as much as you want, which is what I love about, you know, my favorite like cinema and directors and really kind of um, taking from my love of cinema in that way and it then was, uh, yeah
3: a really lynching vibe to that video
2: yeah hit the nail on the head you know i'm oh you got the t-shirt, got some <laughs> t-shirt. i'm a huge david lynch fan and, i could tell oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. could you tell with the the second video we did on mulholland drive oh, yeah, and yeah. i was like mulholland drive you should see my pinterest board for that but um yeah, it's I'm a big David Lynch fan and I'm a big fan of like the French noir films mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I feel like they have a you know so different but similar in in a certain kind of like filming and vibe. So I Artistry, love yeah.
3: Not just a product that you sell. Yeah.
2: Totally and I think Lynch is amazing at that of almost like you know fabricating a riddle that you kind of solve as the mm-hmm. as a viewer sometimes that's, more that's easier than what I than loved. That. in your
3: video it's like, there's nothing clear about the, what's happening, mm-hmm. but at, at the same time, it's uh, working directly to your emotions, you know, and it's really, it's haunting, like you said, and you, you, you feel that uh, spectrum of emotions through the music and the visuals that you see and there. You don't need necessarily a logic to it, or, uh, but there's like, like dissolved narration. That works Mm. really well. (laughs) I I love it. I
2: love. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what I was hoping. Kind of came across that you could build your own story to it and kind of have your own interpretations. And we talked, like I talked with the director Giles a lot about how we could build a story that was super deep and how we could build it. We're like, oh, cool, great dress and theater and awesome scenery and really capture the vibe of the song, or. Wow, there's so many layers, mm-hmm. kind of that you can it's peel from It's Not just
3: projection value; it's mm-hmm. more than that. Really, yeah, really,
2: yeah. And then, yeah, the second video we filmed in LA, and I really just I I love the stage right now of kind of fabricating the whole feeling around the songs and building towards more releases, and you know, eventually an EP of just being able to really get into the feeling and the looks and the visuals. So the second video was very different, mm-hmm. recorded in LA. But at the same time, kind of, you know, same characters, same They are feeling. connected, and you can definitely. see, like, it's
1: a totally different scenario, but they are definitely, like, the same, like, vibe, energy. You yeah. totally. have your universe. It's yeah, great. yeah,
2: it's you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there there was a bit of a villain in the first video that kind of came more to light in the second, and kind of building on that whole world and universe. I mean, I think that the songs are all from a similar feeling, and follow a similar arc, so the mm-hmm. visuals should as well.
3: One thing that struck me in those two videos is the loneliness. Kind mm. of. It's very vast, empty, you know, the Mohan Drive scenery, the theater, and, you know, faraway shots, getting closer slowly, and you always there. So I got the feeling that um, lots of your, the thing that you're bringing is about being alone (laughs) yeah no definitely
2: (laughs) I think a theme in my writing is often loneliness or kind of going through things with oneself like going through it with yourself and I think a thing in the visuals that I kind of tried to come across of often I'm encountering myself not so much other people like in the blind faith music video I'm finding myself on the television and in the fade to black and blue video and I'm in a more you know horror esque way I'm finding myself in my actual space, but kind of this feeling of
3: like Cop Silencio Mahal and Dry. Kinda.
2: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of seeing yourself from a not just a new perspective, but maybe, you know, there being multiple sides of yourself. There being a dark side of of who you are and kind of your loneliness. So yeah goes back to our sad song conversation but <laughs> no, it's nice. definitely I, I lonely. Yeah, I think yeah. and loneliness is not just like a oh I'm so depressed I'm lonely more of a lonely in a you know multiple emotions trying to sort out what this is what this feeling is
3: it's just not sad it's like it to me it's a crucial conversation because mm-hmm. most of the problems we have in the world that I'm talking socially and politically yeah. is about people trying to uh, put other people in boxes like identity is uh, one Mm -hmm. of the crucial problems in this world the way people embrace identity and i think when an artist shows that our identity within Mm -hmm. ourselves is multiple that you're touching something very deep and profound and that's very important to me like on a philosophical level like we're not just one thing we're constantly evolving Mm -hmm. we have this multiple versions of ourselves trying to exist coexist. And that's who we are and that's how we should approach other people and cultures and uh, that's why it resonated so deeply with me your music because i felt all of that
2: definitely i love that i mean i think identity for me is always a, a keyword that comes up and kind of the spaces between the identities and finding myself as okay who am i like that kind of big question we all we yeah. all can. I feel face. like we all can relate
1: to that. Like at some mm-hmm. time of our lives, for sure. And when yeah. you
3: lived in different countries, like we all have mm-hmm. here, I think we feel that even more deeply because when you have to learn another language and another yeah. culture, you're, you're I feel like forced. everything,
1: just being like away from your family, away from like leave all you like everything behind, and yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> Love it. Very <laughs> profound. <laughs> so,
4: so yeah. go ahead i was like <laughs> now,
3: i was trying to go back to where we stopped in your journey so you're in london you're having your first live experiences and uh mm. did you release music because um, under Alex the Dark, there was only two songs like we said mm-hmm. that, do we That's have the access jokes, to other yeah. stuff if we go in the, on the internet?
2: Well those are the two songs that are out you know the, the kind of start of my journey as like a you know releasing music but I started kind of putting a few little things out kind of one at a time to see what people would think and playing my own songs and kind of getting that reception from a live audience which I felt like was so important and continues to be so important to me Of just playing the songs and seeing people's faces and seeing how, what people think of the songs and how it resonates with them or what stands out to them so that's kind of what I started with and then eventually you know tried to conquer the beast of actually recording the songs and getting in the studio and working with different producers and finding my sound in all mm-hmm. of that which was so done in the live setting of finding your sound, finding the ways you like to perform, the type of artist you are but also in the recording studio of this whole new world of wow I can mix production and I can combine different things and I can have strings right now and I can do different things that I maybe am constrained to do live. So. Are those
3: strings real in your recording?
2: There there's various ones. It's, some are some are real. Yeah. It sounds real. Yeah. I was
3: really impressed when I listened to it. I was
4: like, "Wow."
2: Yeah, we're lucky in New York. I work with an amazing producer in New York and we're lucky to have a lot of access to. But yeah, I think it's it's an amazing way to kind of get this vintage sound and this new sound kind of combined of being able to use the technology to make new sounding music and mm-hmm. in, in the new world of music and um, but yeah also being able to kind of be nostalgic
3: that's nice so uh, when did you start working with uh, this producer
2: we met um, a, quite a few years back in New York and kind of connected through mutual friends and really found out that we you know had some of the same inspirations and loved making some of the same music um, I think eventually it all kind of boils down to the song and um, I played him some of my songs and we were able to kind of start writing together and building some of my songs on on their own and writing new songs and um, yeah, songs like Faith to Black and Blue and Blind Faith were, were songs we wrote together and were able to kind of, you know, he sent me an idea for the music and I was mind blown of wow okay this is just exactly how i'm feeling at this time Mm -hmm. and exactly kind of the emotion i have so having that collaboration process and being able to reference the same things and experiment and um it's always hard for me to kind of get out of my comfort zone in music and in in the recording studio and stuff so
3: it felt like it's more than uh, just a producer recording an artist felt more like a collaboration and you said you co-wrote the songs like really shows it
2: definitely is they're both of ours our babies so are (laughs) you working on an ep um because
1: you have the two singles out right now so Mm -hmm. what's coming next
2: we have another release coming soon and then we're working towards an ep in the new year um and definitely playing shows in between then Ah. yes so interesting yeah so so yeah we'll have to have to see you at the shows (laughs) definitely we'll We'll be there
1: there
3: for for sure Um, what should we expect? Uh, a song, a video, every time?
2: You know, I am I think visuals are always going to be an important part of me as an artist and the kind of music I make. Um, so you like to express yourself that way too? Yeah, I like to have a co- cohesive kind of visual and sonic element. But um, yeah, so definitely expect more visuals, expect... Kind of, you know, we're we're writing a lot of different stuff, and I'm recording a lot of different kinds of. Are things, you also
1: so. working on the graphics for like your album
2: cover, like what?
4: what, you what yourself?
2: Yeah, we we have the a few. We worked with a photographer in doing some of the single covers and having them kind of be the same feeling and again telling a story, kind of in the single covers of um, the first one being quite dark and emerging kind of into the light. But we're also definitely going to work on some graphics for the. For the EP and for the future releases to come.
3: And by the way, that's how you got to.
2: Yeah, I was user. gonna
1: ask her because I feel like I mean Instagram is a crazy wor- oh, world. Yeah. It's so crazy, but I feel like I met a lot of the coolest people on it through Instagram. Me too. So I feel like um, I was. Um, I think I saw that you had a photo shoot or like you working with Cody Smith yes yeah so oh, awesome. uh, Cody is great and we had him Imagine. on a podcast oh so, awesome I we'll talked oh, to cool. him last year and then I was oh, I, love him. I think he posted about your uh, one of the photos that he took of you or when you guys were working together and I, I think I looked you up and I was like oh this girl's cool <laughs> that's how I start following you and then and then yeah, I think you follow me back and I was like, oh wow, that's so I cool. I was like, this girl's cool. <laughs> oh, that, that's so sweet. Oh, I love that because I feel like it's it's cool. Like some people I feel like you don't know them, but you do know them. It's weird.
2: You know, it's such a small world. And I feel like I learned this more and more every person I meet of like, you know, everybody knows everybody and everybody, especially in the music world knows everybody, especially in New York and LA and yeah. London even. So I feel like you, you know everybody, but you don't know everybody. And it's yeah. this funny in between, but I think that's one thing social media is amazing for—just being able to.
1: How did you end people. up working with Coley? If we can tell a little bit.
2: Yeah, we met through a friend in New York, um, and she set up the photo shoot. And, and I love him, and I think he's just an amazing artist and. Yeah. Literally a legend. But the Strokes is like. You know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was totally geeking out, but I think. He's, he's <laughs> we were too when we were talking <laughs> to him.
3: <laughs> I think I saw you somewhere covering the Strokes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Probably on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I love the strokes and I, I love his art and his um, his photos of them. And I think he brings such an interesting kind of mm-hmm, perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as much as I'm from everywhere and nowhere kind of at once, I, I love the New York um, mindset in that, especially that time in New York City and I love being able to kind of bring that back in a nostalgic way as well. So working with him was, was a dream. That's very cool. Yeah, his
3: great. You own a piece of history, Fernanda.
2: I do.
1: I have two of his prints. Oh, awesome. He, him, and Cody gave me two prints because I think you, you ordered one for my birthday, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And then he ended up sending me a, a second print. It oh, was it's the cutest so nice. thing. Yeah. He has
3: this cool thing called the mystery box. And uh, if you order from that particular you know, uh, special mystery box, he will... Uh, take um, a print uh, from his personal collection, Coddy, and some of the photos haven't been published. Ever. Yeah. So you will receive.
4: Oh, I
1: love that. G- That's
3: pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah I was, I I was stoked when I love <laughs> that I have a lot of it. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love those strokes too. So yeah, it was cool. And it, was, it cool. was
3: funny when we talked to him and we were like, so how did that happen? He was like, I don't know. I was there, <laughs> they were here too, and uh, it just happened in a second. They're starting playing and suddenly they're touring the they're, world. Yeah, they're, <laughs> things, they're I awesome think it's funny DVD, how sometimes yeah. things
2: like that happen and I'm sure like the artists have a perspective of, oh wow, we were you know grinding so hard or working so hard on this and it's been so long. But I feel like things just roll maybe the way that they they should and it's great how things happen like that.
3: Especially for a band like that's not surprising retrospectively with mm-hmm. everything they brought.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's what you said about being at the front of a ball rolling, you know, b- adapting the newest trends, but not trying to like trail behind them. You're, you're creating your own sound and totally and hopefully you're at the right place in the right time.
3: Exactly. Just like Jack White, they were doing something very referenced and nostalgia, I guess, but the way they approached the production of their music was completely unique.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Strokes, is, I feel like it's part of that group too from the early 2000s, like that brought something completely new and different and like i think they were posting um something i saw an article and they were saying like where
2: are the new strokes like kids pick up your
1: guitars what's happening
2: <laughs> i think that was a special time in in music yeah, and it was kind of like special time yeah. monkeys. Right. Was, you know it was the same
3: people were like bitching like "Oh, the grunge is over rock and roll's dying blah blah blah. and suddenly poof, a new wave yeah. of bands
2: and i think right. those it was so inspirational i mean Artie monkeys i was a Die-hard fan, like yeah, I, I am too. I, <laughs> I love think my Martin brain Martin's. is taken up by every single lyric they've ever written. I, I love them, and I think what a great part about them was, you know, Alex Turner as a as a songwriter and kind of influenced me at a young age. Of I remember I was in London, and the Guardian, uh, the newspaper in London, published his um, songs as lyrics, but as yeah. like poet. He started poems. very young I'm too, artists. totally. And I, I remember reading them and being like, wait, like you can do this like this is what music can be you know you can actually bring this concoction of words and beautiful language into these cool songs and yeah definitely a definitely a legend in my book
3: Nice. So you're in London, discovered the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> you go back to um, New York. Uh, what age are you when you go back there?
2: I went back at um, 19. So I went back and I started working with different producers there and kind of getting more into the New York scene, which I felt like was really so different but similar to... Um, are you
3: going to college at the same time? Yeah. What's happening?
2: Yeah, I am. I went to NYU and I studied... Um, studied writing and music. That's amazing. So it was really cool. I mean, they have an amazing community of professional, like actual musicians, which is so cool and people involved in the music industry. But then also being able to do writing and kind of flex those muscles. I feel like I'm, you know, a nerd at heart, so I love because <laughs> I
1: saw that you write, um you're a freelance writer too for a few magazines, right? So yeah. you collaborate with them.
2: Yeah, and I love being able to kind of get on different sides of of the music world you know being able to write about different music. yeah i saw
1: that you write about fashion which was like
2: <laughs> interesting how is that i feel like fashion and music is so intertwined i mean even when i started getting into rock and roll and these kinds of bands i mean fashion is just the cornerstone of it and that's how i feel too i mean i'm a stylist if you care so about, exactly like, right that, yeah you're
3: about image and you know conveying a message through the visuals too yeah yeah, but fashion is something you should not overlook. I guess. Yeah, so. and
2: I think even the different ways, even when bands are anti-fashion, they're making a statement. I mean, you've got Kurt exactly. Cobain and yes. Nirvana and yes. Grunge being like, "Oh, I don't care about you know clothing." I don't care, but it's but like, still, wait, It's you so very cool. I <laughs> read those doing. journals, and they're totally you know curating it. And yeah. I think it's harder to curate yeah. not looking like you care. So uh-huh, uh-huh, I think uh-huh. that's that's a really cool part of even the most and
3: non-core bands are making a statement when they're refusing to play that game you know totally
2: yeah i think you make a statement in the in the way you look and the way you present yourself and and yeah i think it's a it's cool to have control over that and to be able to say okay i mean there's so many things you don't have control over in the way you look but and the way other people perceive you but you know fashion is such a cool way to combine your message or what you're trying to say i think it's just great to. Be i able feel like to. I
1: actually that that's what was attractive in fashion for me too because i feel like the way you express yourself it was never like that i was like obsessed with designers like yeah. or anything like that i just like being creative
2: yeah and i loved like i mean i thrift shop like no other and i love being yeah. able to kind of find my f- fashion and yeah. my style in in places and being able to obviously take that kind of vintage look and turn it into something new and I, th- I think that's awesome
3: I worked with Fernanda once uh, we were doing a photo shoot with my band uh, with a photographer called Victoria Smith she's pretty oh, cool. amazing another Smith oh yeah, a right. lot of Smiths. Yeah, you, should, you
1: guys should definitely connect Victoria, definitely. she had
3: this great house on Laurel Canyon so oh, it's like total oh, dream, dream. <laughs> so we did the photo shoot there and that was uh, great to work with Fernanda because we've been friends forever but we never worked together and I could tell that being a stylist is also trying to look at the band and their music and trying to uh, help them make that statement that you were talking about like what would be good for you for this type of photo shoot so it's an actual it's very very important and I'm talking now to all the indie bands out there don't overlook this part and uh, it's okay I know it's a it's a lot you have to pay for your recordings you have to pay for the your for for a lot of things, but you, you should, you know, spend some time thinking about your the way you look, your photo, your music video, because it's a whole package, like you said at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I think it's cool. Just my moment to tell I'm grateful I can Thank work you. with people like <laughs> Fernanda. Do you have stylist needs? Thank
2: you. Yeah,
3: yeah. But anyway, uh, so when did you arrive
2: in LA? Yeah, well, I, I had never really spent much time here, but I got the chance to kind of be able to work with some people out here in um, earlier this year, so I spent some time out here, kind of, you know, what everybody does. I'm going to come here for a week or two, and then I spend a month, and then I spend, <laughs> spend a little longer, so now I'm kind of going back and forth between New York and L.A. And All right. I mean, it's the best of both worlds, I think. You just have such it's an energy definitely. here, and... That's that's not there, and such an energy there that you know is isn't the Do same. Do you plan here. on
1: spending more time in LA like right now?
2: Definitely, yeah. I think I think right now I'm splitting time and kind of going where I need to be, but definitely spending a lot of time here. I I love it here. I I feel like it's just. I mean, other than the weather, it has great spirit and great like musical, um, inspiration. So it's cool to be able to. For me, growing up all over and being able to travel so much and it's so great to be able to go to a new place and kind of be uncomfortable in a new place and be like wow I'm not used to these streets or I don't know where I'm going so it's cool to be able to do that
3: so you're not afraid to be alone at all it's something that you look for and you challenge yourself to because it inspires you what what is it
2: that's true I mean I'm, I'm lucky to have a team and to have friends out here but I think it I think everywhere even when I travel to a new place or go to a different country or go somewhere I don't know I think it's great to be able to have that time to be inspired and to kind of have your your own time to write and have your own time to kind of take in what is around you and the environment around you I know Do you travel yeah. alone a lot do you explore places by yourself You know I I haven't in a while I I did once I spent a, like a summer in Paris one time and went there alone and I I feel like that was wow. a great Great example of like, and I he was wasn't able.
3: like Emily in Paris at all. I bet.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> no, was terrible. I hate Paris. No, I Paris. <laughs> you know my obsession. I love Paris, but I think it was it was great to be able. I mean, I was I was doing a course there, so I was able to have kind of a built-in. Well, like, Oh, at, at the NYU campus but, in Paris. Oh, yeah. they have a campus. Yeah, the yeah, Paris. yeah. I didn't know that. But it was a it was a writing retreat, and it was it was just beautiful to be a able to do retreat. that. Writing retreat, I love That's very cool. That. Definitely that very like inspirational. <laughs> and
3: you're in Paris. Oh my god. Yeah. You speak
1: French, you sad?
2: A little bit. A little ah, bit. Ah, allons-y.
3: Parlons français un <laughs> petit peu.
1: Un petit peu. <laughs> <laughs> good, good.
2: Definitely better when I was in Paris and was being forced to. But
3: exactly. That's how you learn. I think it's great.
2: I think it's also great to travel with people. And to travel alone, I feel like just being able to have access to new places and to be able to, you know, as when I was little growing up in different places and moving around, I feel like you become, you know, you're, you're not stuck to one place to one idea to one Mm -hmm. culture. So you're able to just kind of take in whatever's around you and um, hopefully be inspired by it.
3: What's your uh, label situation right now? You're releasing things yourself. How do you work?
2: Yeah, I'm self-releasing right now, um, wow. and I am not doing signed great to a job label. Thank you. yourself. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to to be able to do a lot of stuff on my own and to be able to kind of work with different people and and really build a team before I you know get signed. But definitely one of the the next steps that we're looking at, and would love to partner with more people that are like-minded and to kind of Share the same story and journey with. So,
4: yeah.
3: Cool. Um, earlier I said to Fernanda that uh, your music is reminded me kind of a mix between Chris Isaac and Adele. Oh, I
2: love that. <laughs> Does it <that> work <laughs> for Two you? Great people. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I mean, you have the power of a great singer oh, like Adele, you. and I think that you have this haunting atmosphere and the bluesy guitar, like a Chris, I- mm. Chris Isaac, you know so I love that I love that combination and also yeah the lynching you know yeah and, uh, precise act reference and,
2: uh, yeah yeah if Lynch wants to direct my next music video we're, yeah. we're well, all in <laughs> Lynch if you're a listener I, could... I hope you listen to your podcast yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah right well you can
1: direct <laughs> who my who knows my who knows I feel knows? like he's involved in me the... yeah. you
2: never know who's gonna listen he can direct to my him. life honestly yeah. like, maybe not maybe, maybe. Not. Yeah, yeah maybe actually we'll you're take gonna, that back <laughs> Oh, that would be a very strange, corn, yeah. Corn stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, I heard he's uh, directing something new right now. Oh, really? Well, oh, actually, I, no. I don't it's know a new about series. this. Oh, well, I wow! Think it's a new series. Oh. That's
4: awesome.
3: Because he made a, I think he made a deal with Netflix last year oh, that makes when he released uh, a short movie That's or something. That's interesting. And I think I can't wait for that. He's my favorite director
2: ever. Oh, he's great. So, wow. He's great.
3: <laughs> Just can't wait. Uh, did you watch uh, Twin Peaks: The Return?
2: Yeah, I did. Oh, actually, not The Return. I didn't watch The Return. I watched really? it on. I watched the. When it came on Netflix, I watched the. the I whole, rewatched it.
3: The whole series. Oh, well, we you sh- should write. You should watch Season 3. I
2: didn't watch The Return. I'm I'm always scared to watch returns of yeah. things. I'm always like, ooh. Because
1: you're going to get disappointed, like, you mm-hmm. high expectations.
2: I know. Well.
3: If you know anything about Lane, she's never going to fulfill your expectations. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so it's definitely something different. I think it's more like Inland Empire than Twin Peaks, really. I love that. But uh, it's uh, really w- rewarding in the end when you watch the whole thing, because sometimes really slow pace, of course, but uh, very unexpected season. But really watch it if you, if you can, because some of the episodes are like, oh, fuck. Oh, that's Mind awesome. Blowing, yes. And the whole end of the season is like, ah, mm-hmm. orgasm, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: love
1: that. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much, Alexa. Yeah. Oh, thank that you was for having a, me. That was a great conversation. And we are very excited to see like you on stage, to see what you're coming up next, your new music. We're very excited for it. And we always end our show with your music
2: love
1: it <laughs> um, I mean you can usually I mean you can't pick someone else's music but I feel like we love no, your, we
3: want to listen to your. we stuff.
1: love <laughs> your stuff so much that we don't want to give you this option perfect <laughs> I take the decision making away from that's, me that's it's where fine. I was getting into it because sometimes we give the artists if they want to give the spotlight to some upcoming bands that deserve attention we do that as well fine, yeah. but besides your two singles that you have Al uh, what would you play for us
2: well, my newest single is Blind Faith, so why yes. not that one? Yeah,
3: this one. That's perfect. I love Blind Faith.
1: What Me too. <laughs> oh, I love you. the lyrics. Awesome. Totally relate to it. Well, let's <laughs>
3: listen to it
1: now.
2: Oh, it was so that.
3: nice. I hope it was. Okay. No, it and was day. fun. It was, it
2: was great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And we'll see you so- soon on stage. Bye. Bye.